chapter number five, if you will. And as we continue that thought, let's uh, just a, a, a sermonette, a simple challenge this evening to, uh, uh, to challenge us, kind of the, to kind of get the, I'm going to go over here to, okay, and uh, just to kind of uh, challenge us about where we're at, our participation in God's plan. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number five, and uh, we'll look at verse number 17. 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Familiar verse, right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, and that's salvation, faith, you're in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become New. Man, what a great statement. I like to put it this way. This is who we are. It is what we are, and it is what we are becoming. I am a new creature. I am growing. It's like a, an adolescent, a teenager growing up into what they are. They're a new creature in Christ. The fact is this, as that new creature, we have different affections, we have different likes, desires, different actions and reactions, different words and ways how we conduct ourselves. Uh, I like to think of it this way, this is the exciting reality of salvation right now. If we talk about salvation, the first thing we immediately think of, oh, someone's saved, they're, they're saved from hell and to heaven. Yes, that's fantastic, but that's really dealing with eternity. That's really dealing with uh, the future. You know, the fact is this, part of salvation is you and I being the new creature in Christ. That is the today reality of my salvation, that I'm being set apart, sanctified, holy, that I'm being changed little by little, as Paul puts it, and I love his statement, and I like to use it a lot, grace by grace, we're being changed. We're coming into the very likeness of Christ, and that is the today simple reality of it. Now, Paul goes on to explain what this new creature in Christ, number one, it's all of God. The next verse says that. This is all of God. He did it all. He's the one that affects change and creates us to be a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's all of him. And he goes on to describe some of the, the aspects of this new life, what that looks like. And one of those he, uh, he talks about in the following verses. Look at verse 18, if you will, with me. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us, here's key, the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse 20, the title of the message is this, assessing our ambassadorship. Assessing it. Hey, he says, now then we are ambassadors. He literally says, you and I have been given the word of reconciliation and the position, the title, the post of ambassador. So let me ask you tonight, how are you doing at it? How are you doing at fulfilling your post, your position as ambassador to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It's an interesting term, and it's a great passage in what it tells us. What is the role of an ambassador? In fact, I would say it's this because I'm not going to be able to break it down. Let's just say, put it all together. We see presented to us an ambassador's arrangement, his attitudes, and his actions. And this passage, they're, they're, they're spelled out for us. 
The first one is this, and it's found there in verses 18 and 20. Number one, an ambassador is a representative appointed by his ruler. So every believer here is appointed. That's what he's saying. He's speaking to the church at Corinth. He says, listen, you're an ambassador. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are a child of God, a citizen of heaven. You are an ambassador for Jesus Christ, for our Lord and Savior. You are appointed by Christ for Christ. I love the statement in verse 20. He says, in Christ's stead. You know what a substitute teacher is, right? You know, someone who's a substitute for someone else. That's literally in their stead. You and I now, Jesus Christ has gone back to heaven and he has left a substitute. Oh, certainly we fail and falter as a substitute following in his footsteps. But the fact is this, through the Holy Spirit's help, you and I can be an effective substitute. We are in his stead. We are appointed by God as believers uh, to this ministry of reconciliation that you and I have already partaken of. So I don't want you to miss it. God has put you and I here, and he's put us here with a reason. And in saving us, he appointed us. So what does it eliminate? What does it say to you and I? Well, here's what it eliminates. No longer can you and I say that winning souls, sharing the gospel is not my job. To say that is to speak against the wishes and the desires, the appointment of God our Father. You see, it's a distinct and important part of our duty description, our job description. A few years back, we had a theme. It was simply this, debt-driven and duty-bound. It describes well the Christian life as we have come to understand what God has done for us in this reconciling us to himself through Jesus Christ. It is a great debt. This is the life as a new creature. This is you and I always abounding in the work of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, as we looked at this morning, uh, it is debt-driven and duty-bound. That is my life. Uh, I owe a great debt I could never repay, and yet in my thankfulness and my gratitude, uh, I stick to the duty. I follow what he has commanded me to do. But you know what sadly we do? We often forget the high price that was paid for us. The penalty of our sins that Jesus Christ paid, we undervalue it. And do you realize this, that to dismiss the debt leads to the shirking of duty. To dismiss the debt, to say, you know, forget, well, yeah, Christ died on the cross, but, and to de-emphasize it, to reduce it to something not that big. Uh, thing. If we reduce the debt, the fact is this, it leads to us shirking our responsibility of duty. You and I ought to wake up every morning and think, you know what? Right now, as Paul said, I stand by the grace of God. Today, as I wake up, I am a citizen of heaven. I have a home in heaven, guaranteed. As we talked about today, we have victory through Jesus Christ, and that is only by the grace of God, the goodness and mercy of God. And as such, man, I have a great debt that only he could pay. And boy, he paid that. So now I get to focus on my duty. See, there's many denominations around the world. Do you realize that they are not debt-driven? They are debt-focused. They think this life is all about paying that debt for sin. Okay, I've got to live good, and I've got to do this, and I've got to give this, and and I've got to jump through these hoops, and I've got to follow that, and then that way I can earn my way to heaven. Do you realize what that is? That is being debt-driven in the sense of living to pay off the debt, a debt you can never pay off. But that's not you and I. Our debt has been paid. Now, 
that motivates us. We're driven by the reality it's been paid, and then we then embrace the duty. We're duty-bound. God has asked some things of us. He has appointed us to be an ambassador. Therefore, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to yield to that. See, our duty, our job, our appointment is that of an ambassador for Jesus Christ here on this earth. Now, don't miss this tonight. You are not called to win souls, to reach the lost, to labor in love for the lost by this pastor or any other human being. Long before this pastor or any pastor, any fellow believer encouraged you to share the gospel, God called you and appointed you to share the gospel. Don't ever forget that. You and I are not man-motivated, we're debt-motivated. We are God-called, we're not man-called, we are God-called, God-appointed. You are a soul winner if you are saved. If you are saved, you are a soul winner. You ought to be. That's God's plan. You're an ambassador for Him. And that can be shining His light, that's sharing a track, that is witnessing and telling people of Jesus Christ, the hope you have in life and the hope you have for eternity because of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's just sharing the gospel. We are called, we are appointed the day that He saved us. So may I ask you, how are you doing to that? How are you doing at your position, your post? Are you an ambassador for Christ, or are you more of an ambassador for yourself, for, for the good life, the thing that you uh, do? Can I tell you, we've got to be very careful as Christians. Can I encourage you and exhort you? Be very careful what you're an ambassador for. I, as much as anybody, love sports, but you not ought, as a Christian, you ought not to be an ambassador for sports. You ought to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I like hobbies. I like doing things. And I like uh, enjoying things. I, I like it. Entertainment. That's great. But my friend, you ought not to be an ambassador for those things. You ought to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Young people, you ought not to be an ambassador for a video game. You ought to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. What you speak of, what you spread, what you encourage in others, it ought to be Jesus Christ. I remember uh, 15, 20 years ago when uh, reality TV came on. I uh, forget the name of the show. It may have been like a survivor or something like that. I remember when that first came on, and I remember bumping into some Christians who were ambassadors for reality TV more than they were for Jesus Christ. All they could ever talk about was what was going to happen the next episode, what happened the last episode, and, and boy, I'm so excited about that. My friend, you and I are not to be consumed with the things of this world. We ought to be consumed with Jesus Christ. We ought to be an ambassador for him, not, not the things of this world. Oh, all things in balance. Understanding, wow, there is a primary uh, duty, responsibility that I have as a child of God, as one who is saved. You see, you and I are appointed as a representative by our ruler, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He saved us. He made us an ambassador. Notice it, number two. You know what else an ambassador is? An ambassador is a foreigner in the location in which he temporarily resides. We are pilgrims in a foreign land. In the truest sense of a poor foreigner away from home. If, if you've ever visited a foreign country as a United States citizen, you understand what that's like. Boy, you just don't fit in. Things just aren't right. All that they, uh, you, you don't embrace everything that they do and so forth. You know, literally, that's what we're are. We are a foreigner in the location, earth, which we, uh, for a temporary time. See, 
The moment you and I became citizens of heaven through faith in Jesus Christ was the moment the world ceased to be our home. You know what we say to that? Amen. Amen. I'm glad this world is not my home. I'm glad you and I are just pilgrims and we are literally just passing through. We are not to drive our tent pegs deep. I am a foreigner in a place that I am temporarily resigned. We don't live for this life. It is temporary. We don't plan on or live like we are staying here a long time. We are just passing through. In this sense, you and I are a stranger. And what is a stranger? Don't miss it. Because even if someone walks into the church and we're trying to make them friendly, but they're a stranger. What's a, a stranger? Well, they're disconnected from the normal way of life in a given place. They're a stranger. They're, they're not used to it. They don't partake. It's, uh, uh, they aren't. Have you ever seen some poor soul who comes into church and we have handshake time? They've never seen a handshake time. I hope you make them friendly. But sometimes you're like deer in headlights. What is going on? Why? Because they're strangers. They don't know. They've never experienced that maybe per se. It's a possibility. We've seen that in many different instances, in many different places. What's going on now? They aren't a partaker. They're disconnected from that normal way of life. May I share with you, may I encourage you tonight, that as strangers, pilgrims, foreigners on this earth, you and I are supposed to be disconnected from normal life here on earth. What ways? Here's the ways. We don't share the same values. The moment you think you're, you share, you ought to share the same value as someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, may I just tell you right now, we're in trouble. If as a believer, I think I share the same values, that we value the same thing. We, we don't share the same values. We don't share the same interests, the same expenditures of time and energy. They don't. How many times have you and I as a believer, people say, to you, man, why do you go to church so often? Why do, you, why do you give your money to the church, to God? Why do you do that? Why do you serve in that way? My friend, the world will never understand. They will never know until they know Jesus Christ. Do they have a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for them as you and I do? We aren't going to share hardly anything with them. We don't live for the same things. We are literally visiting strangers. Uh, one of the songs we sing is, Make Me a Stranger. That's what it's speaking about. Lord, don't let me get so connected and value what the world values. My interests are like the world's interest, and, and I spend my time and my energy like the world does. Father, I don't want to be that. I am an ambassador for you. So, Lord, help me not to fall into that. Maybe you, like us, you, you've gone on a vacation somewhere. You've taken a trip to visit somewhere, and you only have a short time there. You have a week or two, and, and because of the location that you have picked, they have many things to offer, maybe museums or, or parks or whatever, uh, fit, uh, whatever you like to enjoy doing. And you look at that city, and you look at the things that it has to offer, and you know that your time is limited, and you maybe make a list of things. You say, okay, these are the things we have to do if we go there. And I, I think, obviously, living outside of Washington, D.C., all the things that, boy, you need a month to see everything there. So you maybe pick your top two or your top three. So listen, when we go, we are going to do that. Then there's a secondary thing. If we have time, we are going to do that. And then maybe the third groups next time we'll do this and this and this. You prioritize. You know that you're a stranger, you're just visiting for a short time in that location, and you plan accordingly. Now may I tell you, Christian, listen to me carefully, you are a stranger here on earth. You don't know when you're going to heaven. 
you ought to make a plan for whatever time you have here on earth. And in not, uh, not to be, get the most out of life, do all the things that I want to do, at the top of the list ought to be this. I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I am here to tell people that there is a God in heaven who made a way for them to be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. That's got to be the top of the list. And everything that flows from that and everything that supports that and encourages that ought to be it. How does Paul say it? Set your affection on things above. Set your love, your desire, your passion for things that are above. Uh, may we put it this way? We are to be about laying up treasures of good works for God's glory and laying up the treasures of other men's souls during our time here on earth. Talking with someone just before the service, and, and boy, how do we know? We know this so well. What does Satan like to do? He loves to distract us, doesn't he? He wants you and I to think we belong to this earth. My friend, you don't belong here. You belong to God. And you and I ought to live like the ambassador we are appointed to be for him, representing him. Number three, we're not only a representative of the one who is our ruler, not only are we a foreigner in this land, this location temporarily, but number three, we are an ambassador that is a mediator who strives to establish or maintain peace between parties. In this case, the unsaved person in God in heaven. We are reconciling the creation with the creator in peace through Christ's work that made it possible. And you know what Paul said in this passage? You and I are given the means and the method, that word of reconciliation, to be an effective mediator for God in Christ Jesus. We're now in Christ's stead. Let's put it this way, and I think this is a great way to put it. You know, Christ made the way. He died on the cross. He paid for sins. You and I are given the word. He says that you and I have been given the ministry, the word of reconciliation. You and I are as ambassadors. We have something to spread. We have something to share. It's why our 2020 vision is so crucial. That's why the wild game dinner is so important. Our cantatas, our, our family fun fair, our vacation Bible school, the basketball tournament, our tracks. Why do we have a track rack? Because we are fulfilling our call as an ambassador. We're striving to see souls saved. We want to see people reconciled to the God of all creation. The world needs to hear that the God that is a stranger to them is ready to be reconciled to them through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Savior who dealt with their iniquities, their sins through his death on the cross. May I just put it bluntly, you Christian, stand between God and the man, the woman, the child that is going to hell being estranged from God. You, Christian, have the lifeline of the word of reconciliation. No Jehovah's Witness does. No Mormon does. No Muslim does. No Hindu does. You, a believer in the word of God, has the word of reconciliation. You have it. You, Christian, are the God-appointed ambassador. So may I ask you tonight, what have you done with your position? Have you accepted it? Have you rejected it? Have you neglected it? Have you refused it? What have you done with it? 
Have you said, and has there been a time in your life, and I'm all for saying there's time in our lives when we commit our lives to God, but has there been a time in your life where you say, okay, God, I see it. I'm supposed to be an ambassador for you, and from this day forward, I'm going to use all my energies that I can, that I can afford. Through your power and your strength, I'm going to be that ambassador. I'm going to be a representative for you. I'm going to live like a foreigner in this earth because I don't belong here. I am going to be one who is a mediator who's bringing lost people to you. Have you ever done that? You're committed to that. Maybe you say, yeah, Pastor Henry, I have, but I've gotten off track. I'm not doing too well as being that ambassador. Well, my friend, there's no time like the present to recommit to being that ambassador. You've been appointed to it. In fact, I would say it's even greater today because of the urgency. Christ spoke of it. You remember what he said? He said several things, several descriptions. He said the harvest is white already to harvest. He said this. He said, the day is passing. He said, our time is short. He said, the hour is late. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us there is a pressure of the imminent return of Jesus Christ when our window of opportunity will be closed as we are recalled home to be with our King. Oh, we look forward to that day. But my friend, you'll not be able to give out a track in heaven. You'll not be able to talk to someone who's never heard of Jesus Christ, who's never understood that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for them. That is our duty. That is our privilege. That is our position as an ambassador today. It ends, it will end, when Jesus Christ returns. So you know what that truth means? Christ mentioned it several times. He challenges that truth is intended to remove apathy and indifference on our part. We can't say, well, we have plenty of time. We can't say that someone else will do it. We can't say that it's someone else's job or responsibility. And we can't say, well, that's just too hard. I've never done that before. I can't do that. Those excuses don't fly when we understand that God has appointed us. He's called us. And what do we know about God's appointment and God's calling? That if he calls us, he will equip us. He will empower us to do what he's called us to do. Uh, We've mentioned it several times recently, but the Bible tells us that it's he that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure, including being an ambassador. He's going to help you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to work in you to see it done. So really, the only question that remains is this, am I yielded to God in this area? And it demands a specific approach on our behalf to others. Look at verse 20. I, here's where passion comes in. This is where you and I, the impetus of our dead and the reality of people dying and going to hell. Notice verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. And notice the, the passion that's displayed, even in the written word. As though God did beseech you, begging you by us. We pray you. That's not prayer like we think praying to God. He is begging. He's beseeching. He's, he's just, oh man, literally pleading with them. We pray you. What? In Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. My friend, this is a call for you and I. Here's the approach we are to implore with them. The unsaved. We are to plead with them. We are to beg them. We, we are uh, to desire them being reconciled to God. And the idea of these two words, pray and beseech, it literally is the idea that this is my main desire. This is the thing that I long for more than anything. This is our, my biggest want. Let me ask you this morning. When's the last time seeing someone saved was your biggest desire? 
When was the last time seeing the person you talked to, a coworker, a family member, someone you handed a track to, your greatest longing was for that person to be saved? Boy, don't we get caught up in other things, longing for things that don't seem to matter, desiring things that are of this world and not of the next, and we desire and long for those things more than anything else. When was the last time that you and I literally longed for more than anything else, someone to be saved? Because I'll tell you, when you have that longing and you have that desire, You'll fulfill your role as an ambassador. You won't be able to hand out enough tracts. You won't be able to share the gospel enough. You will have someone on your heart and your mind. They will be a focal point of your prayer and a desire for you to see them saved. Come to know Jesus Christ. To be reconciled to God through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. See, these are the attitudes and the action of our approach. And the appeal is simple. Friend, Won't you be reconciled to God in heaven? From Adam and Eve onward, sin has separated us from our God. But boy, He is merciful. He is loving. And Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary to pay for your sins so that you can be reunited with the God of all creation who loves you more than anybody ever could. That's our job. It's what we're called to do, to make that appeal to people through God's Word and the help and the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's the appeal for that sinner to be reconciled to God through Christ. When we lived in Washington, excuse me, Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C., we were about 35 minutes from downtown. Frequently on the main road through there, Route 7 is what one of them was called, but sometimes we'd drive around the, uh, the Beltway, as it was called, and uh, frequently we would see cars with special license plates. Those special license plates um, show that they were a diplomat from another country. Literally, they were an ambassador. And boy, that was kind of hands-off. The joke was, if they're ever in a wreck, they're never at fault because they're a diplomat. They're ambassador. That plate kind of frees them from anything and so forth and, and stuff. I remember there's a story even while we were living there of someone uh, committing manslaughter, hitting somebody with a car, and they were a diplomat, and they got off scot-free, and people were up uh, a little uproar about that and things like that. But that license plate, it identified them. And every time you saw it, I was like, whoa, stay away from them. If they bump you. It's all my, my fault, not theirs. They're a diplomat and ambassador. You know what I often think? Wouldn't it be great if you and I, if we were Christians, the moment we got saved, all of a sudden there was a label that said ambassador for Christ. I honestly, I think that would be fantastic because then you could tell who is who and who is truly an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Because you know what the reality is? There's a whole lot of fakes out there. There's a whole lot of fakes out there who are saying they represent God, they represent Jesus Christ, and all over YouTube, they say they have the truth, and they don't. They're not trying to reconcile people to God. They're, they're trying to, for their own glory and their own fame. Now, that is terrible, but I believe there's something even more terrible. That's someone who's appointed to be an ambassador, but doesn't do the job. Someone who's been appointed. Someone who's been called, someone who's been equipped, someone who's been enlisted, someone who's been said, hey, you are an ambassador. Now then we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ and then never shares the gospel. Never tells someone. Never appeals to someone. I I beseech you, I beg with you. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Someone who hasn't embraced the appointment that they've been given with their salvation. 
you know, the question simply comes down to this, friend, and I would challenge you, even in light of our 2020 vision, in light of what you're doing personally to win souls, are you fulfilling your call, your appointment to ambassador? We ought to ask this question as we enter the invitation this evening. Am I yielded to God in fulfilling my appointment as his ambassador? And with that, would you say this? Would you ask God this? God, is there more I should be doing? Father, in your eyes, in your estimation, and how I spend my time and my energies, in my desire, my longing, is it what it ought to be? Am I giving you what I ought to give? Am I really living like an ambassador, a representative, a foreigner, uh, someone who is a mediator here on earth? Or am I more living for me, God? Paul said it, boy, daily we sometimes have to die to self. Am I doing that, God? Am I really yielded to you as an ambassador? May I challenge you as we answer this invitation, as we think about our 2020 vision for 2020, let's make sure you and I are living up to the post, the position of being an ambassador. And may God help us to fulfill every area of that call upon our lives. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And Lord, I pray that as we enter this invitation, in just a moment as that piano begins to play, I pray that you would prick our hearts, that you would challenge us in those areas and those ways in which we have faltered, we have failed. And Father, areas in which we are not doing all that we ought to as an ambassador. Lord, I shudder to think that if we were to know your heart and mind, of how maybe we have not done all that we could. Now, Father, this has not been at the top of our list of priorities, but somewhere stuck in the middle, or even to the bottom. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every heart here. Father, I'm not the Holy Spirit. That uh, the Holy Spirit convicts, and yet, Father, I am your mouthpiece. And tonight, I hope, and my prayer is not only in my life, but these, my brothers and sisters, that we would fully embrace fully yield to your appointment of us as ambassadors for you. Thank you for the apparatuses and the means and methods by which we can fulfill this call. And Lord, help us to yield to that. Help us to do what we can this year and every year afterwards to be that mediator, to be that representative, Father, to be that foreigner here on earth, bringing people to you. Lord, when we get too enamored and in love with this world, I pray that you would shake us up. I pray you challenge us about where we have set our affections. And Lord, I pray constantly this week, the months to come, the years to come, you would constantly allow your Holy Spirit to whisper in our heart and our ear that we are an ambassador for you. May we not neglect it. May we not run from it. But may we fulfill it with your help your strength, your word. Thank you for the privilege of serving you this way. Help us to live up to that responsibility now. And Father, I pray that even in this invitation, there be many of us who are talking with you, confessing maybe where we've grown lukewarm in our passion and our desire to see souls saved. And Father, I pray where we've left it off the list of important things to do, may we get it back there even tonight. Help us to do so.